Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. not the result that we all wanted let's be honest um but i think you could find solace and peace in knowing that we've been saying the exact same thing all season long we know what this team is and i think guys the epitome of our season was that game was that conference championship game and it it kind of played out exactly listen not exactly what we thought because i thought ucf had a good shot at winning but it, it was our season in a nutshell uh, for the conference championship game. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I'm your host, Sean Green. For reference, it is now Monday, uh, 12.01 a.m. Uh, we usually record right after the game on all UCF games, but all of us seemed like we, we, we all had something that we were doing on this championship game day, and clearly that didn't, you know, I, I guess we were the reason the Knights lost because uh, I was in New York, I had a pre-planned trip to New York City. It was a great trip. I actually literally just got back now. We we jumped on as soon as I walked in. So I think if anything, it just shows you, even in a loss, I will put myself through immeasurable pain to talk about this team. Um, but let's go to Nick Geddes. Uh, Nick, you went to the UFC event. Um, we've had a hell of a week, man. I mean, we went. I went to Tampa. You weren't on the last episode, but you should have been uh, a couple episodes back because our podcasts, our like 12th podcast got lost uh, in the shuffle. Uh, technology is always great. Um, but you went to the UFC event, which I really wanted to go to if I wasn't in New York. Um, but how are you doing, dude? I know it was a uh, you came to Orlando. So I know that's always fun for you. Oh, yeah. I just I love making my trips to the to the city. Beautiful, as y'all like to call it there. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I went to the UFC event, which was outrageously late. I don't know why, but but that gave me a, a chance to actually see the UCF game, uh, and I was downtown for the entirety of it. And a lot of a lot of good energy down there. Obviously, every bar around there had the game on, and there were fans everywhere, uh, you know, ready to cheer on. There was a watch party down there too, watching the UCF game, which I kind of joined in on. So um, I got a chance to watch it, thankfully, uh, and. I guess I don't know if you'd say it, I enjoyed it or not for those four hours, but I did get a chance to see it and finally get a chance here to break it down a little bit. Yeah, breaking it down is going to be interesting. Um, Rob, Mr. Rob Husby, uh, he was at Disney World. How more Orlando can you be than on a Saturday weekend, a Orlando native Orlando, uh, living in Orlando went to Disney World on Saturday. Rob, first of all, how was uh Taurus Central? Uh and you know, I know you kind of were just I, I'm sure your girlfriend loved you watching the game on your phone uh throughout um the they call it the happiest place on earth, but we all know that it is not. Um but you know how was your trip to Disney? But more importantly, how was uh watching the game on your phone and especially that game? God, I'm so glad I went to Disney instead. Oh my God, what a what a correct decision that was. 
Uh, I mean, listen, this wi- Wi-Fi at Disney's pretty spotty, so it cuts in and out. I had the opportunity to go back and watch it um, this afternoon, so I could actually pay attention to what was going on and what went wrong, and you know what little went right for this team uh, against Tulane. But no, I mean, as far as watching it live, it was kind of a struggle. Um, you know, just because dealing with Wi-Fi issues and dealing with, you know, watching a terrible game from UCF, you know, it's, it's disappointing. Um, like I said, I'm kind of glad I was doing something else. Disney was not busy. So that, you know, was always a plus. Uh, so I actually got to enjoy my night other than just sitting miserably in my corner, you know, in the corner of my room, you know, in the fetal position crying because UCF, totally blew a championship game, but that's okay. You know, we, we move forward from this, um, but I'm ready to talk about, you know, what kind of went wrong here. Uh, definitely disappointing. Uh, definitely sad. I thought it was going to go a lot different than it did, but Hey, credit to Tulane, man. They, what a, what a comeback season from them. Yeah, I was crying in a fetal position in my hotel room in New York, but that's another story. Uh, guys, basketball is back, and Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's college football. NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. As always, we want to thank BetOnline. Uh, we've been pretty accurate with UCF this season betting with BetOnline. We were not accurate uh, in this championship game. I guess that is true. I heard somebody say you should not bet uh, the teams that you're fans of. And I think that is accurate uh, to a degree. Because, yeah, I think um, I forgot. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not even going to think too hard about what I said the score was. I think it was I said 31-28. But that was not the score. Um, I, it was 45-28, to 28, if I recall, guys. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think I've I've put the game so far in the back of my head the last 24 hours that I try to forget all of it. I'm going to be honest, guys. I think you guys are all, listen, if you're watching this show, I'm assuming you're a UCF fan, unless you're just, you know, a college football fan that likes to see UCF lose. In that case, welcome. We're glad that you're here. Uh, But listen, if you're a UCF fan, I think we can all agree that we are just, there's no point in diving so deep into the missed plays, the missed opportunities, what went wrong, what didn't go right for the Knights. You know, let's be real here. That was one of the worst from the opening jump. And I, I want to get your guys' take on it because this is kind of how I felt. As soon as I turned the game on, I had a bad feeling. I, I can't explain it because usually, you know, when you get in those, you're watching these games and a game's about to go on and you usually feel confident. I was in my New York hotel, you know, about I'm, I'm about to watch the game in a just gut feeling in the bottom of my stomach. I'm like, this is going to go really wrong, and I don't know why. You know, I we heard reports later today of people like, oh, Tulane's not ready. We kind of heard, you know, there was rumblings that Mikey Keene was not going to play, which did not surprise me at all, and we'll get into that as well because uh, there's some disgraceful uh, stuff on Twitter regarding Mikey Keene. But John Rice didn't look good from the jump. I think we can agree about that. He obviously did not look 100%. Looked a lot better in the second half, and he was the reason we were in the game, if we're being completely frank. 
Thomas Castellanos, you're putting in a true freshman, which I get it. You know, your quarterback clearly is not 100%. I think Gus, even though Gus said John Rice has not been 100% for a while, I think it was very evident the injury was much worse than maybe he was even leading on. Uh, Because, again, the fact of the matter is you put a true freshman in the championship game and basically said, we're not going back to JRP because his injury is too bad. Thomas looked like a true freshman quarterback against the number one team in the American. And that's what loses you the game. Bad quarterback play. Not no consistency at all. Uh, And listen, you still had a chance to win the game. But your defense, who's been your saving grace all year, had one of their worst performances. It was almost like ECU all over again. Gave up big plays after big play. So if anything, I think the takeaway that we can take away from this game personally is it was a three-point game in the fourth quarter, and you had a chance to win. And the play of the game, you had them in a third and eight. If you were down three, you had them in a third and eight to get the ball back. They get a first down on a 13-yard pass, and then they go for a 60-yard bomb the play after. And that's your ball game. So, Nick, I kind of want to get your thoughts, man. I know you were in Orlando. Like, we were all doing stuff, but again, we were very focused on this championship game. I think, and if you agree with me on this, I want to know if you agree with me. There's the disappointment. It's like, you can only be disappointed if, like, for example, if I'm TCU. Now, TCU's in the college football playoff. But, you know, you're disappointed. You're a great team. And, and you lose in the conference title game to an inferior opponent. You made too many mistakes. UCF, I'll be honest, after the game, it's like, are, you're not surprised, right? No, not one bit. I mean, I've been saying the last few weeks here that this is not a great UCF team. I think it's a borderline good UCF team. I think it's a decent team. If you really were going to put it in a word, I think it's a decent UCF team at times good and not enough great. And if you're going to win a conference championship, You've got to be great. And Tulane was great for long stretches throughout the season. When I look at this game, I almost compare it. And it's hard to compare, you know, to a regular season game because it's just a little bit different, even though both games were played on the same field and they were three weeks apart. But in that first meeting against Tulane, what worked for UCF was the ground game. They ran for 351 yards, average 6.2 yards per carry. John Rice had 180, right? And we knew right away that that was how they were going to try to attack this Tulane team. Well, Tulane adjusted, and Willie Fritz is a really good head coach. I think he had his guys playing inspired from the moment that he decided to turn down the Georgia Tech job or whatever was going on there and return to Tulane. I said, you know, these guys are going to come out playing much more inspired now that they know that their coach is here. And they totally took the running game for UCF out of the equation. Like you said, it was clear right away that John Rise was just not healthy. Uh, Some bursts was missing there. He was missing throws, but... I look at this game, they ran for 189 yards at 3.0 yards per carry. I think this is one of the worst, if not the worst, total rushing output for UCF this season. It it was just hard for them. So you got to give Tulane credit there. They adjusted well, and UCF really had no answer. And when you put all your faith in a true freshman quarterback, who I have no doubt is probably going to be really electric next year if he gets that chance for UCF, the moment was just too big. It was too big, and I hate that he had to burn his red shirt for this because uh, two for eight for seven yards passing, and I think he had, what, 14 yards on the ground. I mean, you hate that that's how the red shirt ended, but I know that with Mikey not playing, they kind of were backed into a corner and had to go to it. But like I said, this this is just a decent UCF team, nothing more. 
and nine and four, just like they were this year. And I, I think that's probably my, my problem with what I, if you were almost to summarize this game in the entire season is the lack of progress that I saw from year one uh, to year two is what sticks out to me. Yeah. It's interesting, right? Because I mean, Mikey last year, true freshman stepping up and you do what you did last year. Right. And this year, yeah, like you expect, you expect a huge leap and you expect and and listen, I don't necessarily agree. I think there was a jump from year one to year two in the sense that, listen, you beat two ranked opponents. I think anybody in the country, if you go into the season saying, hey, you're going to be nine and four, you beat two ranked opponents, you're going to lose in the conference title game. I'll be honest. I think everybody in the country, except, you know, a slight few would say, uh, yeah, we'll sign up for that 100 percent. I think with UCF, there's just a higher standard. And with Gus Malzahn, you have a higher standard. You're held to a higher standard. And when you go, and I think we talked about it, right? Gus said it in right halfway through, right? He said, the best teams in college football are the ones that continue going like this, continue going up, and the best teams are playing their best football at the end of the year. UCF had a three-week stretch where they played their best football. And I said it, last week and I'll say it now I think UCF the problem is they hit their peak at the wrong time they were playing their best football when they needed to but the problem with that was once that Navy game hit they're like oh we're riding free you got Navy and USF and we're in the conference title game we're gonna host we'll have our fans behind us we're good there just looked like a lack of fight lack of effort not in everybody. Let's get it 100% straight. We've been very critical about John Rice Plumley on this podcast, and deservedly so. He was, in my opinion, the best player on the field on Saturday for the Knights. Uh, you wouldn't be in that game without him. I think the kid's got serious guts, uh, and anybody trashing him, that injury must be pretty serious. And it, listen, you could just see it from his first run. He was not the same. Um, anybody trashing Tommy, you're trash. I mean, again, uh, let's be real here. We talked about it, Rob, right, on the preview pod. We said, what killed Tulane? Quarterback run. What are What is Willie Fritz going to do? They stopped John Rice in the first matchup in the second half. He only had like 27 yards. Tulane, very obvious. Put a quarterback spy the entire game. Set the edge. Make sure the quarterback doesn't get big runs. If you're going to get him a run, make sure it's not a first down. I mean, Tommy had the one run up the gut. I think it was for like seven yards. That was his best run of the day, I think. But I think the trashing for the game cannot go to the situation. You could blame coaches, but I mean, I think Amari Johnson said it best. He said, they're not better than us. They schemed better. They schemed. Now, I slightly disagree. I think Tulane's the better football team. We beat them once, right? I think UCF's problem, Rob, and I need you, I want you to elaborate. And this is going to go into our episodes about transfer portal in the next week or two. UCF is one dimensional. They are, they used to be a multi dimensional offense. This season, they became so dependent on the run game. And I, I forgot the person that tw- tweeted it, and I, I apologize. Uh, I'll link it down below. But somebody said UCF was going for a mobile quarterback. 
but they be, they became so dependent on a running quarterback. UCF needs to find a mobile quarterback that doesn't rely on the run, but can run and make plays. What have you seen? Talk about Tommy's performance a little bit. Nick said it. I mean, I, what a bad spot to put him in. Um, he's going to be electric, but you could easily tell he's very raw. He is a raw prospect. You need to give him time. And who knows? He might be your starter next year. Who knows? Um, but just talk about the guts of John Rice. I think, again, his hamstring must be pretty bad, but kind of talk about his performance a little bit, especially in that second half, kind of just willing UCF um, and telling Gussie, I'll put me in. I'm I'm going to I'm gonna do my best. And leading them on good touchdown drives, get them within three. Yeah, I mean, I think everything there is to say about John Rice has already been said. I mean, first half, he didn't look good. Uh, clearly, you know, he was having trouble with his hamstring. He was clearly not running like he usually does. He was not as electric as he usually is. Um, and part of that is, you know, Tulane adjusting to a running quarterback like that, but also just John Rice not having the same pop that he usually does when he's running uh, out of the pocket and scrambling away. You know, you can, you can clearly tell um, he was not in perfect condition, nowhere near that uh, second half though. I mean, when he came back in after Tommy, I mean, listen, that takes a lot, a lot of heart. And, and I think that's what John Rice showed. If, you know, say what you will be critical about what you will with John Rice Plumley. you know, you can, you can mock the, the lack of an arm. You can lack, you know, you can mock the, the lack of really anything other than the run for John Rice Plumley a lot of the time and his accuracy, his lack of accuracy. But no, I mean, what you can't deny is he has stepped up as a leader of this team. Uh, I mean, you saw him on the sideline firing up the team in the fourth quarter. You saw him just, you know, absolutely putting his heart and soul out on that field. Um, and it, t- it takes a lot of guts for a guy to do that, especially knowing that, you know, he's not in 100% health. You know, he's he's hurt. Um, and for him to go back out there and be like, listen, I'm this team is living and dying by me. I, that's that's pretty, pretty impressive for for a guy like that to do it. Um, so I know. Absolutely. I think John Rice. You can't say enough how much of a leader he has become for this team just after one season. Um, you know, if there's one thing to really rest your laurels on with him, it's it's that he is a leader and he has become a leader and he he embodies what it is to be a knight. He's got a lot of heart. He's got a lot of heart. Sometimes the heart isn't good enough, but you know, damn if it, that isn't impressive to just lay it out on the field for your team. Yeah, all the credit to him, and he's going to be back next year, so it's going to be an open an open battle, Nick. Uh, I have my answer, but talk about next year, and we'll get into it more specifically, especially in the next couple episodes when we talk about next year more, but what is the biggest need of this offense? And I know what my answer is, and I I think we'll probably be the same, but if you're Gus and you're looking at transfer portal specific, uh, what are you going after to improve this offense? And is it you need better players or is it you need to evolve as an offense i think it's more you need to evolve as an offense because i think we've been saying i mean the pieces are here i mean rj harvey if there was a the biggest bright spot in this offense i thought it was him i think he's proven that he can be a true bell cow kind of guy and i know bowser out carried him by a good amount in this game which again a little a little surprising to me because rj again did more with with less carries and he's typically has done that this year more often than not. Uh, we obviously know the talent that a Javon Baker brings, what a Ryan O'Keefe brings, a Kobe Hudson. I mean, that to me, I thought coming in was going to be the best trio in this conference as a receiving group. And then obviously 
in the tight end position. I mean, what you get from Holler, I think, is a bonus because he adds so much to the running game. And we did have moments where he flashed with his, with the, the receiving abilities. Kamori Gamble was a complete a complete no show for most of the no. season. Uh, most of the time, just kind of standing on the sideline with a helmet in his hand. I mean, couldn't get on the field. So I guess if you want to get more production from the tight end room, I'd say that. Uh, I thought the offensive line most of the year had been improved, but they let them down big time in this game. Big time in this game. I, I think that should not go unta- untalked about is – yeah, having Tommy in there was hard enough, but that O-line did him no favors at all. Same thing with John Rice Plumley, But I just think in general, you need to see a little bit of an evolution from this offense because it, it went up a little bit. Like we saw they scored more points this year than they did last year. They averaged more yards on offense this year than they did last year. But just something in general is missing. And it's one, of the, it's one of those things that you can't put your finger on. You just kind of have a sense. You can feel it. Something is missing in this offense. And whereas we've seen offenses here that have been able to score 40 and 45 a game, this team, for whatever reason, their ceiling is more in that 25 to 35 range. And what you do then is you put a lot of pressure on your defense to have to be good. And we can get into the defense too whenever you're ready because that's, to, that's part to me – Quarterback play be damned. Offensive line play be damned. The defense gave this team absolutely zero shot in this game and really down the stretch. Really down the stretch. Yeah. Um, Yeah, we'll get into the defense. But offensively, you're right. I mean, it needs to evolve. And I think think I've – see, I I say I think I figured it out, but it's hard. I think the lack of passing, and especially deep passing, I think is what's missing in this offense. And I get it. I mean, Gus runs a very specific type of offense. We've we've been seeing it for two straight seasons, right? But it's become very apparent that they have no faith in making deep passes. They don't really try them. They say, listen, we're going to wear the other team down with running. And if we make, you know, a quick slant pass every once in a while or, you know, some crazy play that we we drew up, we'll do that. But the lack of deep plays is very noticeable. And over the middle of the and field. I think if you, yeah, over the middle of the field. They, yeah, they well. don't throw. Which I think just shows you the kind of trust they have in the quarterback position with that. When Mikey's in, they don't care. They will They will call whatever pass play. They and listen, I understand John Rice is just not that type of guy. Then you got to go find somebody that can do both. I mean, you can't in college football. There's a reason right now UCF is where they are. And again, if you're fine and listen, and this is why I don't want to get too. You were in the conference title game, so it's like we could be critical and deservedly so. But at the end of the day, guys, they did go to the conference title game. They lost, but they got there. So it's like. This is a successful year, but it just feels like, and I think the reason there's so much frustration is it feels like there's so much more that was on the plate. It was a a, a season of almosts. Almost got college game day. Almost hosted the conference title game. You know, almost went to the Cotton Bowl. A season of almosts. And well, it's also it's it's also the expectations that were set for this team, and you know I think we can you know get on ourselves a little bit too. I mean, coming into the season, we thought this offense was going to be you know a top ten offense in the nation. I mean, we thought we really expected this team to explode offensively, and we just didn't get that. 
You know, we didn't get that all season long. We got inconsistent offensive play. It, it was, by the yeah, way, now. it was a, it was a top five defense or offense rather at one point. It was a top five offense. Go back about three, four weeks ago. That just totally spiraled at the end of the year here. I mean, it's it's hard to really explain what's happened here. But to your point, we put a lot of expectations on this team, as did a lot of people. We kept saying it, that this team is more talented than probably any in the American. I don't think Tulane's a more talented team than UCF. I don't, th- I don't know how many people would really tell you that. But they played better football when they needed to most. And this, and this team, every time they had a benchmark in front of them, hey, go out and win. Excluding the, U- the USF game, which they did their damnedest to blow that as well. Every time they needed to, make, to get a win in a big time where it had to happen, they did not do it. They did not do it. And that's why I feel so like let down. It's like, yeah, you made the conference championship. It was a week. It was, this was a very weak year for the conference in general. Um, you had a chance and you just, I thought you played non-competitive football for probably about 45 of those 60 minutes. Yeah, but I disagree with you on that one. I mean, they did, it, the games they needed to win, yes, I'll give you the Navy game, right? They lost that, right? Let's be real here, though. The games they needed to win, they needed to win Cincinnati. They lose at Cincinnati, their season's over after that game. They beat Cincy. You need to you need to beat Memphis. If Again, if you don't beat Memphis, Cincy's got the upper hand, Tulane's got the upper hand, then you are in a dire situation. Then you go to Tulane on the road and you win. You need that game. So you, I, I just think those three weeks was if that team, if this team played like that for the entire season, we're having a completely different podcast, a completely different conversation. Because at those those three games, that was when this team was at its best. You had the best, best quarterback play. But again, we talk about it when you have more than one quarterback and that's in every single you know league of football if you have more than one quarterback you have none and that's been UCS problem they too many inconsistencies with quarterback there's all these questions who's quarterback blah 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 before we move on to the defense uh I think we can all agree I I'm almost positive all of us can agree that Mikey Keene is forever a night he should be praised by UCF fans Till the end of time, uh, he did everything he was supposed to do. And I, on Twitter, I was so, sh- I was honestly shocked. I'm going to be honest. I get in the day of transfer portal. Some fans can be, you know, dicks if we're being honest. Uh, but to see some of the things that people were saying about Mikey Keene for sitting out of the championship game, you should be ashamed of yourself. If I'm being completely honest, uh, that kid has done literally everything you've asked him to do. He, stayed when he didn't need to stay as soon as he lost the conf the, uh, the starting job he could have dipped right out just like timmy mclean did no offense to timmy but he after usf he lost that job he said deuces mike could have done that said and nope i'm gonna stay i'm gonna support my teammates i'm gonna be here if you need me just preserve my red shirt so just because listen in right after he beats usf they're like, oh, are you going to play in the championship game if they need you? And he goes, yeah, let's go win a championship. Just because he said that and changed his mind does not make him any less of a leader, any less of a good teammate for doing what's best for Mikey. I mean, that man's brought you a lot of great moments over the last two years. He's beat 
the Florida Gators, which you all can't say we beat them beforehand, and you had no faith in him before the game, win and beat Cincy, again, being the backup and having to come in, win and beat Memphis in a game you needed. Uh, the kid's done everything. So just give you, you know, I appreciate Mikey for everything he's done. I really am excited to see where he goes, and I will be intently watching whatever team he goes to. Shame on the fans. You're not real UCF fans. You should be ashamed of yourself. Um, and please, if you feel differently, drop it down in the comments. I really would love to hear your opinion why Mikey Keene is not a leader and why he is not a good teammate. Um, but Nick, Rob, give your thoughts on Mikey Keene. Um, we'll talk transfers in the next episode, but I think it. I had no problem with him sitting. But Nick, if you want to go first and give your your take on Mikey Keene sitting out of the championship game. Yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't know the university, the program, anything else. He doesn't. I think you hit the nail on the head. He could have left whenever whenever they brought in John Rice Plumley, and I wouldn't have blamed him. Nobody would have blamed him if he would have done that. And here's the, here's the facts. <clears throat> he took over a team last year where he he wasn't expecting it. I mean, Dylan Gabriel gets hurt in what the second or third game of the season, and now true freshman Mikey Keene has to go in there in an offense that's really not tailored for him. And there were a lot of bumps, but at some point UCF started playing really good football at the end of the year, and he goes seven and three with a win over Florida at a bowl game, convincingly, might I add. He went 7-3. and three. And then this year, they bring in John Rice Plumley. If I'm being honest, and this, I don't have any insider info, this is just my opinion, I don't think he probably got a fair shot in, in, a, in a, any of a quarterback competition that this was. I think this was dead set that Gus was going to be tied to John Rice Plumley because he wanted somebody to run his system in his mind, and that's fine. But I don't think Mikey Keene, Mikey Keene got a fair shot. That's just my opinion. But when he got in there... He had a lot of really good moments, and I said it. I said it today on Twitter or yesterday, whatever, whatever he announced he was going in the portal. They don't get to nine and four without Mikey Keene. They don't, because in those games, John Rice Plumley. Let's just assume John, uh, he's not there. Who are you putting in? Who are you putting in? And, you, and and I'm sorry, but Thomas Castellanos is not winning some of those games that Mikey Keene had to come in there and do mop up duty for with an offense that's not tailored for him, right? You don't beat you. You don't beat USF, by the way. You don't even get to the conference championship game without Mikey Keene. So I don't want to hear. I, I agree with you. I don't want to hear from anybody. If you're going to blame anybody, don't blame Mikey Keene. Go blame the portal. I mean, we could we could do a whole sit down of the problems with college football. One of them is this damn transfer portal that's just sitting, you know, kind of in the middle of the season going on or right after, and it forces these guys to have to make tough decisions. Blame the portal. Don't blame Mikey King. He gave everything to this university. Like you said, he could have left, but he didn't. He was here. He was a good pro. Never complained. I, I had no problem with him choosing to, to choose, choosing to sit out. Because what happens if he plays also and he gets injured? What happens? Then guess what? You're, you're going to go to the portal regardless, and what interest is going to be out there? It's a whole it's a different thing. You burn your red shirt, although and he probably and I think he had that agreement with Gus coming to the season as well. So I 100% agree. This is a student athlete at the end of the day, and you should you should respect his decision and what he did for this for this program. Yeah, it's easy for people to talk when they're not actually playing or ma- the ones making decisions. So, um, Rob, give your kind of thoughts on Mikey. You know, I know he's done a lot for the program on uh, you know him sitting out of the championship game. Yeah, no, I mean picking piggybacking off of what Nick said. I mean, listen, going from you know, week one of the season going into the season, we knew that it was going to be between Mikey Keene and John Rice Plumley, And Gus decided to choose John Rice Plumley because he fits his offensive style more. 
I mean, right then and there, Gus picked his guy. D- Mikey doesn't owe the team anything. I mean, he, he doesn't. They chose their quarterback. Gus and his coaching staff chose this quarterback. And Mikey was, you know, left out saying, hey, thanks for your service last year. You know, we know you were a true freshman. We know you came in uh, for an injured player. You know, nobody expected him to be starting over Dylan Gabriel last season. He actually had a winning record, beat the Florida Gators, and comes into the season and says, hey, thanks for your service. We got our guy. Thank you very much. But even still, even with that, Mikey stuck with the team, like we said. And in the big moments, he, I mean, he pretty much did all he could, all he could do. I mean, the Cincinnati game, especially, I mean, we even talked about it after the Cincinnati, after we beat Cincinnati. What did we say? We said, do we think John Rice Plumley even leads that winning drive? And I think I, I said no. I said I think Mikey's the only guy that does that. I don't think John Rice did, did, would have done that if had he stayed in the game against Cincinnati. So no, I think Mikey has done everything he's been asked, and you can't you can't fault him. He's gonna you know probably get an opportunity elsewhere to be the starter, and he's not gonna have to be in a constant quarterback feud. And listen, he's been pretty hush the entire season. He hasn't said one word about it. He hasn't said one word about the controversy. He's done everything he's been asked. So there's no controversy with this quarterback and I wish him nothing but the best. I hope he goes somewhere and he becomes a starter and I hope he does well. Uh, Yeah. And let's also get, he could have decommitted as well because he was not a Gus, you know, recruitment class. It was the Hypel recruitment. So Hypel recruited him to come here, not Gus. And he still came. He didn't decommit. He stuck to the program and so, yeah, uh, if any UCF fans want to say any negative things about Mikey Keen, then you can unsubscribe legitimately. I could care less. Um, so I want to thank Mikey for all that he's done. I mean, honest guys, I don't really want to talk about the defense that much. We're going to make this very quick and simple because it was atrocious. I mean, you didn't give your team anything, any opportunity. Uh, we've given this defense so much praise over this year. And rightfully so. I think they deserved it for pretty much most of the year. I don't know. Uh, that was one of it, that was definitely you know up there with ECU. That's probably the worst. I mean, we've given Travis Williams so much credit with how he's turned the defense around. And you know what? I, and I will say this: I'm not. I can't blame Travis Williams. Uh, I can't give him all the blame because I'm going to be honest. The defense, yes, or for this game, some of those plays are just effort plays. I mean, I watched. It was 31-28. to 28. I watched the 60-yard touchdown. It's not like Tulane's throwing bombs. They're throwing screens and 10-yard out routes. That's, and they're just, beating, they're just beating the corners. They're just running past our guys for touchdowns. So it's like, yes, you can blame Travis Williams for some of the, for some of the decisions. I mean... One that came to my mind is just like three straight blitzes and you do the same exact blitz. And what does Tulane do? Says, oh, they're doing the same thing. Okay, let's just do this play. We know it's going to work. Not much changing it up. It's pretty much the same. They played better, I would say, in certain moments in the second half. I'd say beginning of the fourth quarter, you have the Jason Johnson turnover. That was great. Uh, Got UCF within three. That's great. You let up 14 points after that. It was 31-28. They ended up scoring 40, 45 points. I mean, that is just piss poor, terrible. And you know what? We'll talk again. We're not talking transfers this episode. 
as of today, the transfer portal is open. So we're going to get all this news in the next couple of days, and we will talk about who left and all that. Devontae Brown hasn't looked like the number one corner that we were expecting all year long. All of our cornerbacks have not looked serviceable all year long. Corey Thornton, I'm assuming, again, it is 1236 on Monday. I'm assuming he's entering the portal. I wish him nothing but the best. He's had moments this year. But again, I think, Nick, I'll go to you first. I think the all of our corners, we need a revamped secondary, first of all. I hope the D-line stays, but one of the problems has been getting pressure. And I think at moments in this game, they got pressure. But at other moments, Michael Pratt had 50 seconds to throw the ball and could find whoever he wanted with any ample time. So who is more to blame? Is it the players or the coaches for this lack of defensive performance, awareness, effort, etc.? I'm putting it on everybody. I don't think anybody's getting absolved from my criticism today because I'm I'm fed up with the defensive performance, and it's not just in this game. And in this game in particular, like you said, the, especially in the first half, zero pressure on Michael Pratt. They lost contain. He was able to scramble for – for, some, for a few first downs as well. Even later in the game, he got a touchdown on one where they just completely, I mean, the tackling, the, the tackling. I thought USC had some bad tackling the other night. UCF was right up there with them, right up there with them with the tackling. And a lot of that comes down to the secondary. So if some guy's got to go, that's fine. That's fine with me. This, this is a results business, even though it's college football, it's a business now. It's based on results. And if you're not getting it done, go somewhere else replace them whatever UCF won't have a problem replacing guys I think they're one of the more they're one of the better equipped uh programs in the country to to get transfers in here and, and kind of reload revamp whatever but <clears throat> speaking to this defense in particular and again this was a unit that was a top 10 unit in all of college football at one point they only allowed 20 points I think in the first six games once and then that East Carolina game that was the first time this defense let this team down and after that there was not much good to come out of it. Not much good to come out of it all. And I know the schedule got a little bit more difficult, but I thought we had turned a corner. And when I said earlier in this podcast, lack of progress, I'll show you what lack of progress looks like. UCF this year, and this is in the same amount of games, by the way. So the bowl game is going to make it even worse. They allowed more yards per game this year than they did last year. They They allowed just one less point this year than they did last year. So show me where progress was on the defense. Show me where it was. I, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I need someone to help me out. Where was their progress on this defense at the end of the day? A six-game stretch where you were lights uh, out, that's great. But in the big games when it mattered most and down the stretch, you did nothing for this team. You did nothing for this team. And so Travis Williams, he's got to answer for that. He has to answer for that. Red red zone defense, Nick. Red zone defense. No bueno. I you know what? I'm sick of that now. You know what? I can't we have you know what? I'm not gonna lie. Throughout the year, and, and listen, I think there's been improvements in certain aspects, but stats don't lie, numbers don't lie. We have said, listen, bread and don't break. How many, they don't allow how many yards the they allow? Zone. How many yards they give to Tulane? Hold up. I think it was seven hundred. Six, seven hundred. We were we were pushing seven hundred, were we not? Yeah. No. Yeah. I think it was 700. 648 uh, was, yards. 600. Yeah. And by the way, and only 64 plays. UCF had the ball for 96 plays in this game. 96. 
And you gave up 648 well, yeah, it's, yards. It, it's easy when you're going for 60-yard t- touchdowns. I mean, Tajay Spears broke like 50 tackles to get into the end zone on the one. I mean, it, it, it's just effort. I mean, but we knew and we said that was a problem. Like for USF, we couldn't tackle in the second half of USF. And we're like, oh, this isn't this isn't normal. Like this is unusual for this team. Uh, it's become the new normal the last couple of weeks because uh, we can't tackle. It, Tulane did whatever they they ran wherever and they broke however many tackles. It, in this thing, there's some report, there's some rumors that Travis and people, you know, UCF fans are like, oh, "We want Travis Williams gone." No, I mean, I think Travis Williams, if anything, is one of the best recruiters in the country. You don't say we want Travis Williams gone. Can he make some improvements with how he calls the defense? Absolutely, but. There are some rumors that he may be going to Auburn. I don't know if that happens, but there's rumors he might go back to Auburn to be the DC. That makes a lot of sense. It does. Uh, but for UCF fans that say they don't want him, I don't. I think our recruits would say otherwise. If Travis Williams leaves, uh, say bye bye to John Walker. Say bye bye to Harris Twins. Uh, all your defensive recruits will probably decommit. So you you'll get what you wish for if you want Travis Williams gone. Um, but no, Rob, kind of how sick of you are, or how sick are you about the just? I think with this defense, we keep saying like, listen, they've they've played good this year. I, I do think they've they've played so much better than they have in years past. But I think we've let go of a lot of their mishaps and problems because we say, oh, they don't allow any points in the red zone. They're top 10 in red zone defense. They were number one pretty much all year. I think we've kind of given a pass because of that reason. But if these last couple weeks have shown you anything, it's, I don't think that in college football, you can do a bend, don't break, but teams are going to figure you out at some point. I mean, Tulane figured them out straight up. I mean, they put a 45 on your head in a championship game. If you were as good as we said you were, you're not allowing that many points in the fourth quarter when your offense, who had struggled, is bringing you back in the game. I don't think that should happen to an elite defense. Yeah, no, and and they haven't been elite for quite a few weeks. I think this game was a summation of what's been going wrong with the defense throughout the season. Um, they had a great first half. And again, we talked about Ben don't break. Well, they finally broke. Uh, you know, it's a lot of, you're putting a lot of mileage on the defense when they're on the field. Cause we couldn't get it done offensively in a lot of these games. And you're putting a lot of pressure on the defense when they're allowing so many yards uh, throughout the season to these teams and not allowing anything in the red zone defense. Well, you know, come up against a team that can actually score offensively and they're going to figure out, figure out in the red zone. So, and they finally did Tulane did. Um, I think largely the second half, the defense has been below average Um, against Cincinnati and Tulane. The first time I thought they did pretty well, they pretty much completely shut down Cincinnati's run game uh, when they faced off against each other. So they were pretty, they were pretty strong in that game, but no, I mean, largely against Navy, against USF, now against Tulane the second time in the championship, they allowed a ton of points and they, they do not look the same. Uh, the secondary throughout the season, really since week two against Louisville 
has looked awful. Uh, the corners, especially. Um, I, I know Bullard's been out for a good majority of the season, but there's still no excuse. This the secondary is garbage. Um, the front seven is where this team is really its strongest. But again, we saw, and, and as Nick mentioned, not really getting pressure on the quarterback, not getting pressure on Michael Pratt. Uh, a lot of broken tackles from the linebackers, and that's been something we've been seeing this second half of the season. Not a ton of pressure on the quarterback. Um, and and a lot of broken tackles, and it finally all came together for one defensive nightmare against Tulane because Tulane planned well, they schemed well, and they figured out this is how you uh, get to UCF's defense. You throw at the corners because the corners aren't very good. They play off the uh, they play off the receiver quite a bit. There's a lot of broken tackles. UCF has a horrible time tackling, and you you know you can kind of if you put some strong offensive line and you you put some tight ends on those guys rushing the quarterback you can give your quarterback some time because the defensive line struggles uh putting pressure so no i think everything that's gone wrong in the second half of the season and, and even over the course of the season finally caught up to the ucf defense uh and that's why we saw 45 points dropped on them yeah the weaknesses really showed and i think teams if i'm an opposing you know offensive coordinator and i'm playing the ucf defense Throw at Corey Thornton like every single time, and most likely you'll be successful. Again, it's no offense to Corey. I great young young man. I think he's done a lot for the program. But uh, yeah, I mean, Travis Williams wants to play man. I get it. That's what he wants to do. He wants to play man. Well, if you want to play man, you need to have corners that can play man. Like it's so frustrating to watch corners on this team play 10 yards back every single play. And that's been the the one frustrating thing. You just feel like it's like, why are we just giving it up? Why are we just giving these receivers a free 10 yards every time? It's because we don't want them to take deep shots because clearly you don't trust in your corners enough. And listen, uh, Devontae Brown, right? He has made ample, ample mistakes this year on, on big plays. That if he you have a number one corner, just shouldn't happen, and that just shows you the strength of uh, that of this cornerback room. So we'll see. I think there's so much uncertainty right now. I mean, listen, we've got Duke in the military bowl, which I I kind of called it a couple weeks ago when I said, oh, you know, no offense to the military bowl, we're now in the military bowl, which is a great bowl game, and you got a great opponent. Duke is is good. I mean, they've got a great quarterback over on on the Duke squad, and he's a runner, and we've struggled against them. So, I mean, we've struggled against those running quarterbacks. Um, guys, give your final thoughts. Season in review, nine and four. We've got a bowl game, and our bowl pre, uh, preview show will be up probably in a week or two. We're not going to really talk about the bowl game until almost oh, it's almost there. But kind of give both your thoughts on the season in general and, you know, you know what this team is going to be looking ahead. Yeah, 9-4 uh, and four is 9-4. and four. I mean, I get, you call that a good season for sure, uh, even though we've been critical of them at times. But at one point, this was a team, let's not forget, that was 6-1, and one, and it looked like we had some bigger aspirations ahead of us. And even if you win this game, you're, I mean, you're in the Cotton Bowl. You're in the Cotton Bowl and you're there and we, we're having a completely different discussion, right? Even if you go out and win or lose that game. Uh, 
But nine and four, it is what it is. The military bowl, uh, if I'm being honest with you, it doesn't excite me as much as much uh, going against Duke. And not no disrespect to Duke, they're eight, they're eight and four. They've played some good football down the stretch, like you mentioned. Uh, really good quarterback, which we'll get into here in the next couple of weeks as we get closer. But probably a roller coaster again is the word I'll I'll use to describe this season. A uh, little bit of an underachievement from both sides, um, the offense and the defense. Uh, we did find a kicker. We did figure out the special teams, by the way. Boom, boomer, always dependable there. So uh, there's a silver lining in this, and and buckle up because. Like you said, later today on Monday, this is like I think the first uh, transfer portal day when it opens with NIL involved, and it's going to be absolutely insane. So I'm sure there are going to be a lot more guys that hit the portal from this program, maybe some that others aren't expecting, uh, and we'll dive into that later in this week as it goes on. But, yep, just buckle up because college football doesn't stop anymore. It does not stop anymore when the season's ends, and uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about, I think, for the next few months. Rob, do you want to give your uh, you want to give your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, disappointing. I mean, this is again, we all kind of expected UCF to be a lot better this season. Um, you know, it's a lot of it's a season of missed opportunities. As much as it was a roller coaster ride, I mean, we talked about game day, right? missed out on that. We talked about going to the championship, winning a championship as we're leaving to go to the big 12. Uh, we missed out on that chance. We missed out on going to the cotton bowl, but listen, I mean, we're still in a bowl game. There's still some football left to be played. Uh, hopefully UCF can kind of figure some things out against Duke. Maybe, you know, see, see what they got left on the squad. Again, we, we talked about transfer portal is in full Full kick, so we'll see what happens as far as losing guys, as far as who comes in and joins the program, if anybody. But no, I mean, there's still a lot, you know, left to talk about here about this season. It's just disappointing. Um, I think it was kind of a it was a weird roller coaster, right? The highs were very, very high, but the lows, man, were they low. I mean, Navy, ECU, now this two lane game, those were absolute rock bottom. But you know, there was still some bright spots. There was, you know, there was of course the Cincinnati and the first two lane victory. I mean, those were highs beating two ranked opponents. I mean, that's something UCF doesn't do every season because just the, the nature of the American, but no, I mean, it's, I'm a little bit less confident heading into the the big 12 next season, but still, I think there's still some interesting football left to be played. We still got a bowl, a bowl game look to look forward to. And, you know, hopefully this transfer portal, there's some good things that come out of this. And, and I hope nothing but the best for this program. Uh, we're not done talking about them yet. No, and we'll be we'll be with you every week leading up until the 2023 season. But we still got some we've got this bowl game. And like Nick said, I mean, college football does not stop. Um, And partially why we're not talking about the bowl game is we don't know who's going to play in it. We genuinely don't. We've already seen before the portal opened. It's going to open today as we're recording this. But Sunday, you had Mikey Keene enter. You had uh, Devontae Brown. You had uh, Osteen enter the portal. And I think, yeah, we're not done. Uh, you, you just hope that you don't lose some guys that are key pieces. I mean, two that come to the top of the head are, you know, Javon Baker and uh, Kobe Hudson. I think those are, uh, it's a package deal. So if one's leaving, the other's leaving. 
So I think those are guys you don't want to see leave. Nobody on the defensive line, but we have no idea. You're in today's age of college football. You're going to be surprised. There's going to be guys that think they're going to, you know, and, and you can't fault them if they think it's better for them. Listen, Devontae Browns are your starting cornerback. People thought he was going to the NFL draft. I think he might be a little hurt because his probably draft stock's not that great now. So he's going to go to a school that's going to better himself, and that's fine. Um, but Thursday, guys, I know I don't know when this is up, if it's up on Transfer Portal Day or if it's up on Tuesday, but um, your Transfer Portal episode will be on Thursday. So we're going to deep dive into all that has happened at that point uh, on Thursday. So whoever's gone into the portal, whoever's come to us from the portal, this UCF team, I think from year to year now, is going to look so much different. Uh, and we might not feel as confident going to the Big 12 now. And then in a week from now, we're going to be so confident because you don't know who you bring in. You just don't. So, I mean, there's some rumblings about uh, DJ Ayungalele coming in maybe, if I said that right. I know UCF fans are very opinionated about that. Um, but <laughs> it's going to be a whirlwind. I mean, especially with UCF. I mean, we're not going to stop. I know we're probably one of the more uh, coveted transfer portal spots. I mean, you could put us up there with, you know, at this point, Colorado's number one. Um, but, you know, Florida State and us are the probably two top ones in Florida that you're going to want to go to and if you're entering the transfer portal because it's just opportunities. I mean, if I'm a player and I see UCF, if I'm a corner, I want to go to UCF because I'm probably going to start day one. Uh, so it should be interesting. It should be fun. So check out that episode Thursday. We're going to record as late as we can. We have no idea when that's going to be, but hopefully, I'm sure a lot of news is going to happen to where – we can get you all of your information at that point and kind of give your thought, our thoughts uh, on our team at that point and who left and all that good stuff. So thank you for tuning into this episode of Charge John. We really appreciate the support. I know it's not the outcome we wanted, but listen, it could be a lot worse. We could not have a bowl game. Like, again, the, going to the Big 12, who knows? A lot of people said, listen, you go to the Big 12, you might not have a bowl game for a couple years. So cherish this while we can. I'm sure we'll be fine, but it was a season. This was a roller coaster of a season. I appreciate you, Rob, and you, Nick, for just sticking it out this year with me um, and continuing to stick it out as we go into this next phase of the season, which is the offseason. A crazy one it will be. This has been Charge On, presented by Bet Online. We will see you for this transfer portal craziness on Thursday. <laughs>